0: Alright, go ahead and open up your Bibles to the book of Matthew. Matthew, come on, who did not bring your Bible? If your neighbor did not bring their Bible, hit him. Hit, JT, just hit him, bro. Oh, there you go, you on the iPhone, okay. You got it too on your iPhone. Hey, if you got an iPhone or an iTouch, you're good. You there? Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Hey! <laughs> oh, man. Matthew chapter 13, verse 45. Come on, flip over there. If you're there, say I'm there. Matthew chapter 13. Who said you couldn't have fun in church? Who said you couldn't have fun in church? We should find them and correct them. That should be a mission trip. Find those that say you can't have fun in church and beat them up. That's horrible. I I shouldn't do that. That's wrong. That's wrong. But I mean, well, anyway. You there? Matthew chapter 13, verse 45. If you don't have a Bible, just hit yourself. Oh my God. That was amazing. That was amazing. I didn't expect that. Okay, you there? All right, I'm going to read it for you. I'm going to read it. This is what it says. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Say, Aw. "Aww." Who, when he had found one pearl of great price, say, great price, great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. And he bought it. So one, one merchant went out looking for a pearl of great price, and when he found that pearl, he sold everything else, right? He gave away everything else so he could buy that one pearl. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. That's what life with Jesus is like. I'm going to read a scripture out of Philippians, the book of Philippians. You can write it down. If you're taking notes, you can write it down, or you can... uh, uh, you can either write it down or you can just flip over there. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. And I'm going to read it out of uh, a different translation tonight. I'm going to read it out of the message, the message version tonight. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. You're welcome, man. Aren't you glad I'm responsive? Yes. It says this. <clears throat> I'm just going to start reading it. And, and I'd, I would encourage you, actually, if you don't have the message, just listen to me as I read it, because it, it'll confuse you. Listen to this as I read this. It says, the very credentials these people are waving around as something special, I'm tearing up. Say tearing up. Tearing up. Come on, say tearing up. Tearing up. And throwing out. Say throwing out. Throwing out. Not throwing up, throwing out. <laughs> say throwing out. Throwing out. Okay. I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash. Say, trash. trash. Say, I ain't, trash. I ain't the trash. But I throw out the trash. The trash. <laughs> <laughs> Along with everything else I used to take credit for. So he says, these things that everybody's waving around and saying, this is, this is what's most valuable. He says, I tear it up, throw it out with the trash. Why? He says, because of Christ. Yes, all the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life. Compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand, everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant. Dog dung. Say dog dog dung. Say poop. Okay, he says, compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master, it's like poop. Why is it that when people say poop, people start laughing? Why is it that when I say poop, I get everybody's attention? Because about 10 seconds ago, I was talking, and Dominic was talking while I was talking. But when I said poop, his head turned, and I got his full attention. Why? Why is that? Now, actually, when I said dog dung, he, his, his ears perked up. <laughs> he, says, he says, compared to knowing Jesus Christ, the most important thing, compared to that, everything else in my life is like poop. So what, that's what the Bible says. The Bible talks about poop. He says, I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. He took all that dog dung and he threw it in the trash so he could have pearls. Tonight, the message, if you can't see it, it's, it's uh, poop or pearls. So if you're, taking, if you're taking notes tonight, we're going to talk about poop or pearls. My question is, do you want poop or pearls? Say poop. Poop. Come on, say poop. Poop. Some of you are like, I'm too holy to say poop. Come on. (laughs) Say poop or pearls. Pearls. All right, poop or pearls. Would you pray with me? Pray with me. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. Set your mind on Jesus. Lord, we thank you so much, God, that you are the pearl of great price. You are the most important and valuable thing and person that anybody else could ever possess and know. Lord Jesus, we love you tonight. We thank you for awesome fellowship with each other and with you. God, I'm asking you to help us to understand and know your word and apply it in our lives, God. Help us to apply this word tonight. Lord, I'm asking you just bring strong and powerful conviction to all of our hearts, Lord, that we would be drawn to throw out the trash and pursue you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we've been talking about Uh, The reasonable, the reasonable life. The reasonable life, and we've kind of been dancing back and forth, and there's three main things that a reasonable life consists of. One of them is, the reasonable life consists of somebody that that, uh, relentlessly and passionately pursues God. Relentlessly and passionately pursues God. The second part of a reasonable life is somebody that relentlessly and passionately loves and pursues their neighbor in a loving relationship. And the third part is that they express that in the fruit of the Spirit, having love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, and that they exude Jesus and his nature. That's a reasonable life. And so we're going to take a pause, and we're going to look at the pursuit of God. We're going to take that first part, and for the next week, two weeks, three weeks, I don't know how long, maybe two or three weeks, we're going to look at what does it mean to live a reasonable life in the context of pursuing God. Does that sound good? What is it? What is... What does it look like? How can I live reasonably with pursuing God? How can I reasonably pursue God? The life that is an unconditional and relentless pursuit of God is reasonable. Some people say that if you spend time with Jesus every day, you're one of them crazy, extreme Christians. But the Bible tells us that that's just reasonable. The Bible tells us that's rational. The Bible tells us that's logical. Like what Quentin was teaching and preaching earlier, that when you understand how much God loves you, and what he did for you, and is doing to you, and is going to do for you and to you, you want to give more. And you want to know God. And you want to love God. Our problem in life is not that we need to work harder at loving God. Our problem is that we don't know how much God loves us. The reason why you get caught up in getting in trouble with your parents and getting in trouble in school and getting in trouble with whatever you're doing and the reason why you don't have peace and joy and the reason why you don't have those things that the Bible promises that you should have is not because God's wrong and he's he's unfaithful, it's because you don't understand how much God loves you. And the moment you understand how much God loves you, it will cause you to live this reasonable life. The moment you understand that God's mercies have been shown toward you and that you are his son or that you are his daughter And that you have all things pertaining to life and godliness in possession, in your hands, you have it. And the moment that you understand that, the moment that you choose to acknowledge that truth, whether you feel that or not, are you listening to me? Whether you feel that truth or not, the moment you choose to acknowledge that truth and live by that truth is the moment you will start to live reasonable. You know, I want to see our whole city changed and transformed. I want to see every young person Worshiping Jesus and preaching the gospel across our whole city. And I don't think that's radical. I think that's reasonable. I think that's what we should expect. I think we should expect this auditorium to be full of young people worshiping and praising Jesus. Did you hear that? I think that that is reasonable, that we should expect that, that we should talk like that because we serve a big God and everybody ought to reasonably come together and worship and praise God. We serve a big God. We serve a God who is of great price. He's worth all that we have and all that we don't have. We look at this story in the book of John, chapter, chapter 1, verse 35. John chapter 1 verse 35. We're not going to go there quite yet, but I just if you just flip your Bibles over to John chapter 1, verse 35. This is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And as you're flipping there, I want you to understand something. That this pearl of great price is none, nothing less and nothing more than Jesus himself. You know, the message title tonight is Poop or Pearls, but you know, I kind of want to change it and say the message should be poop or pearl. I got a question for you. This is kind of random, but uh, uh, what, if, if pearls is the is the, uh, is the uh, Okay, I got a question for you. You with me? How, what is the word for having one poop? Like, I, I just think about this for a minute. Is it pup? I mean, because you know how, like, like, how can you have one mouse, you know, one moose? Is it? Or How, how can you, is, when you see a bunch of moose running together, you call it a bunch of moose or a bunch of meese? And so, is it just a turd? Is that what it is? Is it just a turd? It's a peep? It's a peep. I'm sorry, I just had to ask that question, because I don't understand that, So I think our our English language is, it's hindered and limited, you know, there should be a, there should be a singular form of poop, but anyway, I don't know, maybe, maybe there shouldn't, maybe that's just way random. But the message tonight is poop or pearl, poop or pearl, purple poop, no, poop or Pearl. If I said, if I said poop. pearl or poople, <laughs> <laughs> poople, <laughs> poop or pearl, the pearl of great price is the person, Jesus. Can you say okay. Jesus with me? Wow. Jesus is not just some uh, uh, American idol or some uh, Eastern idol. Jesus is the man. Yeah capital M, the God-man. Jesus is the Savior of the world. Jesus is the creator of the whole universe. Jesus is the one who uh, is the Word of God, that when God speaks, Jesus is the essence of the Word of God, that when God spoke, into crea- spoke life into creation and created our world and created our universe, the makeup of the Word of God is Jesus in its finest. Nothing was created in all the universe that 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 was not created through Jesus. Everything that was created was created through Jesus. That at His Word, the Bible says, everything is sustained and held together. Our earth is tilted on like a 23 degree axis because of the Word of God, Jesus. Our earth orbits around the sun because of Jesus. And we have... So many different animals and plants that that declare and praise this marvelous person named Jesus. He's the pearl of great price. He's the one that's redeemed you. He's the one that saved you. He's the one that heals the broken. He's the one that restores. He is the pearl of great price. He is the most important and the most valuable one in all of the world. Anything created or not created, Christ is the only one that is most valuable because he was not created. He is. Jesus is. He's the pearl of great price. You, you live, the Bible says, you live, you move, and you have your being because of Jesus This is what we're about tonight. We're about Jesus. And then there's the poop. Everything else. Everything outside of a relationship with Jesus should be and ought to be considered as poop. We look in this story in John chapter 1 verse 35 and, and as we were Kind of going into worship, this song just came to this. This sorry story just came to me, and it's been gripping my heart since. And I want you to look at this story. If you flip your Bible, John chapter one verse thirty-five. John chapter one verse thirty-five. This is when the 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 uh, John the Baptist. You know, John the Baptist, guy that uh, ate locusts and wore camel hair and uh, was in the wilderness and had no friends. That guy. Uh, this was the end of his ministry and the beginning of this person, Jesus' ministry. It says, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. So John the Baptist is standing there with two disciples, two guys that were following John, after John's trade, after John's uh, uh, example of life, after John's things, whatever John wanted, they wanted. Whatever John did, they did. Whatever uh, John said, they said. They were John's disciples. And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. So there's this guy, John the Baptist. He's, okay, mental picture with me. Get the, get the poop out of your mind for a minute and mental picture. Guy, he's probably uh, four foot three. Uh, okay, that's horrible. Okay, no, he's not four foot three. Okay, say he's about uh, six foot. Okay, so he's six foot. Uh, hey, now. Uh, he's six feet tall. And his clothing is camel hair, okay, not just hairs that are kind of just stuck around his body but <laughs> but, but hair that is that has been uh, plucked from a camel, okay wool uh, okay, not wool, okay the skin of a camel with its hair is his clothing. get the picture? <laughs> and and he's standing there eating a grasshopper okay he 's just crunching a grasshopper and and honey and and he's dipping, no, 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 okay, it's more like this. One of his disciples is holding uh, the locusts, okay, he's holding the locusts, or the grasshopper, and the other disciple is holding honey. And John just stands there in his camel hair, takes the grasshopper, dips it in the honey, and is crunching away as he's uh, uh, watching the sunrise uh this, this nice morning, okay, and and as the sun is rising, and as he's crunching this grasshopper with honey in his mouth, not like Captain Crunch, uh, more like honey bunches of oats, baby. okay And, and as, he's, as he's chewing this honey bunches of grasshopper, uh, he sees Jesus walking, and something grips him so much so that he says, look, behold, take your gaze off of me and my camel hair and my honey-dipped locusts and put it on Jesus. And he says this powerful phrase, he says, behold, the Lamb of God. Jesus was the Lamb of God of God. And there's so much history, but ultimately, a lamb was, in the Old Testament, slaughtered to forgive and to wash away the sins of the people. But they can only do it for a period of time. And so what he's prophesying is that this is the person, the perfect person, Jesus, who comes to take away the sins of the world to everybody that puts their faith in him. You with me? You tracking? You got the camel hair guy? Okay. Okay. Okay, And what do these disciples do when they hear this prophecy? This wasn't just, oh, there's a lamb as a man walking. Cool, thanks, Johnny. But, but what happened was they understood, in their culture, they understood that they were waiting for somebody who, was, who would come and would take away the sins of the world. They were waiting for somebody who would rule and reign as a king on earth. They were waiting for somebody... And so when John says, look, there he is, go, go, go giddy up. The Bible says, the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Anybody following Jesus tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody had a preacher like John the Baptist preach, and then you received it, and you said, I'm going to follow Jesus. They started following Jesus. And then Jesus turned. Then Jesus turned. Aren't we glad that Jesus turned and looked at us? I'm glad that we don't have a a Jesus that just keeps walking when we're following him. We have a Jesus that is personal and relational with us and wants to know us and talk to us. We have a Jesus that stops and turns to talk to you. Well, maybe the person sitting next to me because they grew up in a Christian home. No, we have a Jesus that stops to turn to talk to you. A Jesus that stops... To know you. Would, could, would, it, would it be that, or could it be that maybe all Jesus is doing now is just stopping to be with you? Did everything he did, the Bible says he's done with his works. He sits in heaven now. Everything he did on earth and did on the cross was so that he could stop and turn and look at you. I think that's that's the gospel. Actually. That's what it is, is that Jesus has stopped and turned and looked at you. And he's asking a question. He asks a really important question, a a question I want to ask us tonight. A question that I think, if we answer the, the question correctly, our life would be reasonable. He said, what do you want? What do you want? We live in a crazy culture, don't we? So many things. Tonight, there's so many things that could be pulling you at every, every inclination of your heart that could be pulling you to watch this, to do this, to look at this, to read this, to do this, to be with this thing or do this thing. There's so many things in our culture that are gripping from every different inclination of your heart to try to get you to want different things. Billions of dollars are spent every year to market things in our world to get something to stir in somebody's heart to say, man, I want that Big Mac. I know it's going to kill me, but I want it. I want that coat because for some reason on the TV, this looks so good. I don't know why, but there's water dripping off of it. This makes it look better. Why is that always happening? I don't know. It's like a clear sunny day and they hand it to them it's just filled with water, just dripping. Still haven't answered that one yet. But what do you want? I think think that, that Lord Jesus is asking us every morning, what do you want this morning? What do you want today? I think tonight, if you could ask, what does Jesus want tonight? Or what is he saying tonight? I think he would want to say, what do you want? What is the thing that you yearn for? This word could mean so many different things. He says, what do you seek? What do you pursue? What is the thing that you desire more than anything else in life? challenge you with that tonight i love jesus and i love what he says he he just says it how it is you know he doesn't he doesn't mess around you know i as i read throughout the bible i find that god asks questions a lot he's the best question asker what's the first thing that god did in the garden when adam and eve sinned he asked him a question didn't he where are you I don't know, I guess I could ask that question to you tonight as well. Where are you? And what do you want? I think Jesus asked a lot of questions. If you read through the New Testament, you'll find Jesus asked lots of questions. But in this particular time, when these disciples are following Jesus, Jesus has to stop in his tracks to turn and look at them and say, What do you want? What are you looking for? What are you pursuing? What is it that you're following me for? I want to know. I want to know. Is it poop? Or is it pearls? Pearls? Is it poop? Or is it pearls? Galatians chapter 5, verse seventeen. Or sorry, 19 says, When you follow, say follow. follow. When you follow, what do you want? When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. You listening? Listen. Repetitive, loveless, and cheap sex. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. What do you, when you want what you want, this is what you get. Cheap sex. An accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods. Magic show religion. Paranoid loneliness. Cutthroat Competition. All consuming, yet never satisfied wants. A brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone and to a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. Ugly parodies of community. I could go on, he says. This isn't the first time I've warned you. If you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. That's the message version of Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21. Can I have Mariah, you want to come help me real quick, please? Reed, can you get that that dealio? Thanks, brother. All right. This is, it's not a present. Looks like it, but it's not a present. Can you say pearls? Pearls. This is pearls. That's not going to stay. And that's a trash can. I want to take a look at each one of these things in our life, and what this is is this represents the things that you want in life, the things that you're pursuing in life. This is your life. Say, my life. My life. Say, my desires, my desires, my wants. my wants. The thing I want to present to you tonight is that you cannot have the pearl and the poop. When you follow Jesus, you get one or the other. You can't mix poop and pearls together, because then you get poopy pearls. It's no longer a pearl. You either take the pearl or you take dog dung. You either take the pearl or you forfeit the pearl for poop. It's an easy choice. What do you want? What's the first one? What these are is these are poop. Say poop. And we said poop a lot tonight. Some of you are getting tired of poop. I'm sorry, I won't say it too much more. This is poop. And what Mariah's going to do is she's going to pull out each one of these things. And what we want to do is, is if this is the pearl, when this poop is filling my life, I cannot keep Christ at the center of my life. Christ will continue as the pearl of great price fall off my life because I cannot have poop and pearls in my life. I can't have both. I have to have one or the other. And as long as my life is filled with the things I just listed, you will not be able to have Christ. You won't be able to do it. Until I consider all else as though it were poop, I will not gain Christ. But the moment I get rid of all of this poop and put it in the trash is the moment, somehow, someway, Christ will stay at the center of my life and really be the pearl of great price in my life. Does this make sense? Does that help you? So it's not going to stay. Mariah, go ahead and pull it. the first one. The first one, each of these are going to say something, and I hope that it challenges each of us. Gossip and slander. When we desire to be gossiping and slandering, This is so important for you to understand. This is what God has for you. Inside of this is joy and peace and patience and kindness and love and acceptance and forgiveness and the good things of God is in here. It's Christ. It's your relationship with Him. And when you choose to hold on to gossip and slander, you choose to live that way, you will not live a life of peace. You will not live a life of joy. You are not loving when you choose to gossip and when you choose to slander. And you will be robbed of Christ. I'm not saying that just because you sin that Christ is going to be taken from you and you're going to hell. But you're not going to experience the most important thing, which is knowing Jesus. Right. And when you choose to gossip and you choose to slander you're forfeit, Christ because I just took that and can we throw that one away please we take it we throw it away but Christ can still not stand on the, on the I have something stopping this but I cannot, I cannot I cannot keep Christ on my life it won't stay what's the next one gossiping and slandering we can't have gossip and slander in our life fear is there anything else that robs us of knowing Jesus than fear fear when you are afraid you're afraid of being rejected by people it robs your peace it robs your your confidence of knowing jesus it robs it from you when you mean the fear when you set your mind on the things that you're worried about it robs you of the person jesus and all that he has for you the kingdom of heaven robs you. When you get a fear of being rejected, when you get a fear of, of being sick or of dying, when you fear of anything, of any kind, you have anxiety, you're worried. The Bible, that word worry means to divide your heart, to divide your mind. I can't have both both Christ and fear. And as I begin to fear, I choose fear. I'm going to rip up the fear and I throw that fear away so that I may gain Christ, so that I may gain Christ. What's the next one? It didn't want to come out. Uh Uh-oh. What is it? Selfish Selfish ambition. Man, this could probably consume everything. When you want what you want, and you do what you want to do, and you're not submitted to anybody, but you just kind of go wherever you want to go, and you do things to please yourself. And we talk about that forever. Selfish ambition. Man. When when selfish ambition is what you want, it robs you of Christ. Because still, Christ cannot stand on the center of your life. We toss that one in the trash. Just like it says in Philippians 3, that I'm tearing up and throwing all else out with the trash. What's the next one? Lustful pleasure. I mean, you can, there's so much in this category. Pornography. Pornography is a lustful pleasure. It robs you and it robs your relationship with Christ. You don't have peace when you're looking at pornography. You don't have peace when you're addicted to it. And there's so many things we can go into that, and I don't, I don't really want to do that tonight, but lustful pleasures. It robs you of Christ. Can we toss that one out, too. It's poop. It's trash. It has no value. Destroying your life. Ooh, careful! Addictions. Addictions. Being addicted to something. When you're addicted to something, it takes Christ off the center of your life. Because the thing that you're addicted to is the thing that you worship. Maybe you're addicted to video games. Maybe you're addicted to sexual interaction with your boyfriend or with your girlfriend. Maybe you're addicted to television. Maybe, Maybe you have to watch a movie at least once a week. That's an addiction. I'm not saying movies are bad. What are you addicted to? It robs you. I don't know why I'm not full of joy and peace. Well, what is it that you want? What is it that you want? Well, we're going to rip that up. And we're going to throw that poop away. Her hands are going to be all poopy by the end of this. <laughs> That's <is> nasty. <laughs> cheap sex. Cheap sex is sex before marriage. Gabriel's cheap sex bad? Yeah, it's bad. well, I haven't had sex before marriage, but I've done everything else. That's cheap sex. Well, is there forgiveness? There is forgiveness. Thank God that there's mercy. But when you live out of cheap sex, it robs you of the most important thing in life, which is knowing Jesus. And still, as we throw cheap sex away, and as bad as cheap sex is, I still cannot keep Christ The sin of my life because I have too many wants and I cannot have both the pearl and poop. What's the next one? What's the next one? Gabriel, I want to know Jesus. I want to be a Christian. You gotta get rid of the poop in your life. You gotta throw out all the things that you want, and he has to be the thing that you want. Laziness. We'll start with laziness. How many how many no, I'm not gonna ask that question. Laziness. If there is a bigger sin it's than laziness, I don't know if there's a bigger sin than another sin, but laziness leads us into so much when you're just lazy. No, brother, I'm just I'm taking my Sabbath. No, you're just, you don't have a Sabbath every single day. <laughs> Come home from school and just lay on the couch, eat them Fritos and honey bunches of oats. That's laziness. When you choose not to take your life and apply it to Christ and knowing him, it robs you of the most important and valuable possession, the most important person in this life. Robs you of life itself when you're lazy. Yeah, but I'm lazy. I don't really want to do anything. Well, what if you just got up from your laziness And you picked up your Bible because you've been set free. And God's shown you his mercy. And his grace is available for you. And you can pick up your Bible. And you can come to know Christ more. Or you can just stay lazy and allow that poop to rule your life. Jealousy. 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 Jealousy robs you like crazy. Because you're thinking about what somebody else has. You're worried about what somebody else has. And you want that thing. So you start to covet you can't have that thing, so you covet some more. Then you get jealous, and you forget about Christ because your focus is on what you don't have and not on what you do have. Jealousy robs us of Christ. But when we forfeit jealousy, it begins to allow us to let Christ be the center of our life, but not until everything is gone. That poop's crinkly. Right. She's going to have to wash her hands before she goes home with you tonight, bro. For real. Self-righteousness. Self-righteousness. What is self-righteousness? Big, big word. Self means me, okay, right? That's me. Righteousness is uh, being right. Being in the right place. Being right with God. So self-righteousness means I am by what I have done and what I have accomplished right with Jesus. Because I read my Bible more, because I pray a lot, because I worship Jesus, I'm righteous. Paul says, I count all of that as dumb. All of the good things that I have done all of the amazing accomplishments I have in my life, what I've done, and all the things that I'm going to do. I count it all as though it were poop so that I may gain Christ. You can toss that one. So that I may gain Christ. You would think that, that after a while, this thing would start to stay. Gabriel, what are you talking about? Well, I've gotten rid of so much stuff in my life, but but Christ wants all of who you are. Drunkenness is not okay. Getting drunk and being a drunkard is not okay. It robs you of knowing Jesus. You can toss that. Drunkenness. But you can get drunk on something, it's the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, don't be drunk with wine, but be drunk or be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Wild parties. How many have been to a wild party in the house? Okay, don't wait. Wild parties. Wild parties. But Gabriel, there's so many cool people there. I might meet the person of my dreams. The person in your dreams ain't at the wild party. I promise you that. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you want poop, you can toss that. Wild parties. Now, we can have a wild party in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. We can experience joy in the Lord. Amen? Yeah. Dissensions and competition. Dissensions, division. You bring division in people's relationships, in people's lives. Competition. Man, we could go so far on that. Competition, just throw it away. Just throw it away. Before we get to the last one, before we get to the last one, I want you to know something. Christ wants all of who you are. Yes. Christ wants all of... Of who you are, he wants all of who you are. Go ahead. Family heritage. If we if we pursue and if our confidence is in what our family has done, and I'm a Christian because my family's a Christian, and I'm thankful, or I'm 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 a good person because my mom and dad are good people. Throw that in the trash. I hope this works, man. hope this works. You guys waiting for a magic trick? When you choose to make Christ the center of your life, and everything else is out of your life, and you've counted all else as trash, Christ can stand at the center of your heart. And you will not be robbed of your joy. And you will not be robbed of your peace. And you will not be robbed of God filling you with love. And you will not be robbed of knowing Jesus. If you choose in your life to count everything else as though it were poop, as though it were dung, so that you could know Christ and have Him to be the person that you want more than anything else. What do you want? Jesus was asking these disciples the most important question, I think. One of the most important questions. You're following me. You say you're following me. You come to church. But what do you want? What is it that you want? What is it that you want? Paul says in Philippians 3, he says, I throw it up in the trash. I throw it out. Because of Christ. Yes, all things I once thought were so important are gone from my life. Every one of those things, before I knew Christ, was what I wanted. And at the moment of my salvation, I would turn. Well, Gabriel, didn't you fall? So I still fell. But every time I'd fall, I'd repent and ask God to forgive me. And I would choose to throw that into the trash. And as I have continued to push away and to disregard and to reject and to repudiate the things of this world, I was able to come to know Jesus Christ more. The most important person that I could know. Poop or pearls? Because of Christ. Compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my Master... Everything else is as dumb. I've dumped it all in the trash, so that, so that, so that, so that. I've dumped it all in the trash, so that. See, this is an exchange in your life. You're not just giving this up for no reason. You're exchanging something. I give this up, so that. I give this into the trash. I can sit in there as poop, so that I can know Jesus. Yeah. You know, I, I can talk about whatever I want to talk about, pretty much, for the most part, on Thursday nights. But I want to continue to talk about what is most important for you as a young person in this generation. And that is that you would know Jesus Christ. Well, what about joy and peace? Those come if you know Jesus. But if you seek joy and peace in the things that God offers you, you're not going to find those things. You're going to find those things. But when you seek to know Jesus, He gives you all that you need and more than enough. Christ stands at the center of my life. what do you seek, he says, what do you want? They said to him, Rabbi, where are you staying? Could there be a better response? Worship team, can you come up here, please? Could there be a better response? I ask you tonight, what do you want? Do you want poop? Do you want pearls? Do you want poop or do you want pearls? If you're feeling convicted tonight, it's because God's speaking to you. It's not because I'm making you feel bad. It's because God's speaking to you. And that's good. Because God wants you to want Him. God wants you to want Him and none other than Him. Him. And as you want to know Him more and more and more, He satisfies all that you need and all that you want. God wants you to know Him. And He wants you to want to be where He's at. What do you want? You two disciples, I see that you're following me in this life. What is it that you want? What do you want? I'm fine if you want me, but I just want to know. What do you want? I think... Jesus asked this question for them, but I think he asked that question for us so that it would be recorded in the Bible so that one day I could ask that same question to you tonight and ask you, what do you want? And the, question, the answer ought to be, I want to be where you're staying. What do you want? Where are you staying, Jesus? And I love what Jesus says. He says. He says, come and see. Come and see. And the word insinuates that they followed him. And it actually says, they came and saw where he was staying and remained with him. They remained with him. They remained with him. What's poop? The things we've listed. All those things and so much more. Gabriel, I don't really get all that stuff. Well, just just let the most important thing in your life be, I want to know Jesus. Because as I know Jesus... He embraces me, and I embrace him. I embrace him because he embraces me. Would you close your eyes? Every, 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 every head bowed and every eye closed tonight.